Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Nabil, and this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 66. Today is the day. We're finally going to go over our uh, 2020 Oscar discussions here. We've all been um, tentatively and alertively watching all these movies here. <laughs> so many movies. And guess what? We're going to throw in a, um, a little side, little mini review, I, I guess I would say. And we are actually reviewing the Netflix original film by Michael Bay, Six Underground. Because we couldn't get just enough Michael Bay, so. Yeah, the Bad Boys trilogy left a good taste in our mouth. And we were <laughs> like, let's just keep rolling with what we know best. There's never enough. Exactly. So, and actually today we are going to be going over, uh, we're not doing a what we're watching because we're, we're, we're doing a, a new segment here. Uh, Nabil thought of it up. It's where we're going to be. Going over new releases as well. That'll be in the beginning of the pod. We're going to have a little mini review, and then we're going to break it down for our discussions of the 2020 Oscars. So without further ado, let's get into what's coming up. Coming soon to a theater near you. All right, guys. So um, one side note, too. I just want to mention something. Uh, Nabil and I can't keep our health up. So uh, once again, uh, especially me, I'm once again sick. Uh, he's he's got Corona. Going. Yeah. <laughs> he just couldn't stop yeah, drinking. So <laughs> I apologize if I can't mute myself quick enough or cover my mouth. I may cough directly into this ma- ma- this ma- this mic. So um, I'm going to try. So that's why my voice is a little groggy. And um that's it. And I mean, Nabil's a little under the weather, too. I think he's sicker than me, actually. So We just sound more masculine than normal, which is okay. That's yeah. fine. So take it for what you'd never hear us like this again. So <laughs> until we're sick again next month. You'll never have me in two bridge trolls again. So yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So what's coming up? This is something that we want to go over. We've wanted to do this for a while, actually. And this is a segment now where we're going to be going over any of the releases from now until the next pod. So this is anything from. About February 3rd to February 17th, depending on the time that you listen to this podcast. And we're just basically going to go over what's coming out. And really, the point of this is kind of more of an informative way to tell you guys what's coming out in theaters. Because there's a lot of films that I think don't get a lot of spotlight. And also, it kind of just points out how ridiculous some of these movies are, to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of them just sound just like utter shit. And yeah. The synopsis aren't any better. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Nabil has compiled these for us. So... Uh, truthfully, I I mean, I know he wrote it out for us, but I didn't read it ahead of time, so this is all new to me. Oh, Sam, I read it right before we hit record. I was, I was like, okay, let's, oh, yeah, let's do this. So, uh, starting out with you, Nabil, go for it, man, and then we'll take it into a little round robin here. Yeah, so let's start with the first release uh, on our list here. And then we danced, 92% Rotten Tomato score. Synopsis is a passionate coming-of-age tale set amidst the conservative confines of modern Tbilisi. The film follows Merab, a competitive dancer who is thrown off balance by the arrival of Erikli, a fellow male dancer with a rebellious streak. Already sounds very interesting. Director Levin Aiken stars Levin Gilbakiani, Baki Velishvili, and Anna Javakishvili. 
I'm sure I butchered those names. <laughs> release date is February Fuck. 2nd. Wow, I did not know we were doing the Indian movies too here. I'm sorry. That must have slipped through the cracks. I think it may have. Yeah. I you know what? I actually gave the initial list to Nabil and I I had a, I didn't put a ton of them on cuz a lot were like those Indian films. I was like, oh. I have, you know, I thought I filtered through most of them too, but yeah. it looks like it looks like we missed one. One slipped through, man. It always uh, happens. Yeah. You I What was I, that? No, I, I find it interesting at least it sounds interesting so yeah, this, yeah. you know what it, there's a lot of indian viewers and uh, listeners and there's a lot of in, good indian films out there yeah thank Hopefully you it turns out well. <laughs> okay next one coming up is birds of prey and there's no rotten tomato score the synopsis for this one is after splitting with the joker harley quinn joins superheroes black canary huntress and renee montoya to save a young girl from an evil crime lord it's directed by Kathy Ann and stars Margot Robbie, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Hugh McGregor. And it comes out February 7th of this year. I mean... <laughs> I mean, we got tickets. Me and Marco, at least, we got tickets already. Yeah, so we're, we're seeing we're, it Thursday. We're so. going to see this one this week. And, I'll be uh, that guy coughing in the theater the whole time. By the time you guys hear this, we have we'll, we will have already seen it. And I'm just crossing my fingers on this one. I mean, I, I just found out that it's rated R, so that's giving me some hope. That's about it. I think it looks terrible. I, mean, I, oh, I agree. Just as good as Suicide Squad. You know what? There's parts Sorry. of Su- Suicide Academy Squad. Academy Award winning, winning Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad. sir. Get it, get it right, sir. Get it right. All right. So I am going to do the next one here. This is called Come to Daddy. I only chose this because of the name. <laughs> so it, currently it's 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm going to tell you who stars and directs first. It's directed by Ant Timpson. It stars Elijah Wood, Stephen McCaddy, and Garford Wilson. And a privileged man-child arrives at the beautiful and remote coastal cabin of his estranged father, whom he hadn't seen in 30 years. He quickly discovers that not only is his dad a jerk, but also has a shady past that is rushing to catch up with him. Uh, This comes out on February 7th as well. And I actually just read an article where they interviewed Elijah Wood on this one, and it actually does look like quite an interesting film. So. Uh, Elijah Wood does some really uh, weird but good horror films, so it uh, actually sounds pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I don't even know if this is particularly a horror film itself, but it sounds like it's maybe a, kind of a mystery. Uh, it sounds interesting, and I hope it does well, since with uh, you know Elijah Wood, sometimes it could be hit and miss. So. All right, uh, we're on to the next one, and it looks like the longest one. Uh, I'll take your cue here and start with director and stars. This is Dream Round. There's no Rotten Tomato score yet. Uh, directed by Dusty Ducats, stars Alexa Lohman, Michael Sequela, and Richard Greco. <laughs> uh, Sorry. The, <laughs> the synopsis, a man... Why do you keep getting the foreign films? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just lucky. A man, Joe Bona, struggles in life after death of his loving wife and two small children who died in a car accident 15 years ago. His name's uh, Joe... I'm sorry. His name's Joe Bona? Joe Bona. Jesus Jabona? Christ. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, my God. His, his wife's final words were that Joe followed his dream as a semi-professional golfer to become a pro. The death of his family turned his life upside down. Fifteen years later, Joe meets a former pro golfer who appears out of nowhere to get him back on the course. Joe befriends his clever 10-year-old neighbor, Sarah, and beautiful waitress, Jennifer, who bought, both have suffered tragedies of their own. Their commonality <laughs> creates a bond. Joe becomes inspired with a chance to play the dream round of his life. Well, you all just saw the movie, so there's nothing else to say. I was like, it's a lifetime movie? What is this shit? I visually just saw that whole thing play in my head. I'm like, mm, done. I'm like, damn, they really had to break down the entire movie? Like, here you go, bro. This is it. Oh, man, that sounds horrible. I'm not going to lie. It yeah. sounds like shit. <laughs> All right. 
Next one on the list is The Lodge. It's got a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I guess we're switching it up now, so uh, yes. I'll go ahead. It makes more and, uh, sense. It makes more sense. Yeah, uh, true. That's usually how we introduce movies. Yeah. Um, the director is Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala. Hopefully, I didn't botch those names. It stars uh, Riley Q, Richard Armitage, and Alicia Silverstone, surprisingly enough. Also comes out February 7th. The synopsis for this one is a soon-to-be stepmom is snowed in with her fiancé's two children at a remote holiday village. Just as relations begin to thaw between the trio, <laughs> I like what they did there, some strange and frightening events take place. Okay. I'm actually looking for uh, somebody that I follow on Twitter just saw this recently and said it's really good. So it's supposed to be pretty, pretty good. It's a low indie horror film. So I haven't seen Silverstone in a movie in yeah. a, and then, a while. Well, Richard so. Armitage is from the Hobbit movies. So that should yeah. be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it sounds interesting. That's all I can say about this one. It doesn't really give away too much. So we'll see. All right. So I know that we, I mean, this is just too much fun at this point. So fuck it. <laughs> Next one is Waiting for Anya. Uh, no Rod Tomato score, directed by Ben Cookson, the Sergeant Jelka Houston, Gene Reno, and Noah Schnapp. This released on the 7th as well. During the Heroes of World War II, Joe, a young shepherd, along with the help of the widow Horkata, helps to smuggle Jewish children across the border from southern France into Spain. <laughs> <laughs> this says Jean Reno written all over it. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that one. <laughs> that sounds fun. He's got to be the shepherd, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. Right. Oh, shit. Who the fuck is Horkata? <laughs> it sounds like Horchata. Yeah, she's like, it's okay, my milk is cinnamon. <laughs> Oh man! The the next one is Buffaloed with a hundred percent Rotten Tomato score, directed by Tanya Wexler, stars Zoe Deutsch, Judy Greer, and Jai Courtney. Oh, nice! Set in the wonder world of debt collecting, and follows the homegrown hustler Peg Doll, who will do anything to escape Buffalo, New York. Comes out February fourteenth. That's a great Valentine's Day film. I actually like Jai Courtney. I do. I know a lot of people do not, but I I like him too. Yeah. And then the movie sounds interesting. I mean, it sounds like it's probably a romantic comedy. Yeah. <laughs> does it? It kind of does. Underworld um, of debt collecting and follows the homegrown hustler. I don't know. That sounds like a I don't know. Maybe like a gritty one. But the synopsis yeah. sounds, so far, it's like one of my favorites on this list. And that's, I'm not even paying attention to the Rotten Tomatoes score. It just. You didn't want to watch Waiting for Anya? <laughs> <laughs> I think the Lodge and the Daddy oh. one sound pretty good to me. Uh, go ahead there. All right, and next one is Downhill, rated at 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. It stars Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Will Ferrell, and Miranda Otto. Also released on, or releases on Valentine's Day, February 14th. Uh, synopsis for this one is barely escaping an avalanche during a family ski vacation in the Alps. A married couple is thrown into disarray as they are forced to reevaluate their lives and how they feel about each other. This one looks bad. I saw the trailer already. Truthfully, when you were reading Come to Daddy, I thought that was the Will Ferrell one. Oh, really? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This one is supposed to be funny, but the trailer was not funny at all. It looks a little sad in the trailer. Yeah, it I'm looks like sure it's more... I think, it, I think, truthfully, this movie is a, a film that they're advertising to be more of a comedy, but it's more of a dramedy, I think. Yeah. Because it looks kind of... It's a remake, actually. I know that much, too. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. It sounds so, like shit. Yeah, I mean... It's not doing too well rotten tomato wise too. Which that's, by the way doesn't always mean And that and that's all I can really say about these is they're either sounding interesting or they sound like crap. Yeah. So. Alright, so we next we have another one on Valentine's Day is Fantasy Island, directed by Jeff Wadlow. Uh stars Maggie Q, Lucy Hale, and Michael Pena. The 
enigmatic Mr. Rourke makes his secret dreams of his guests come true at a luxurious tropical resort. But when the fantasies turn to nightmares, the visitors must soon solve the island's mystery in order to escape with their lives. I mean, I'm into garbage horror films, and I can't believe that Marco just told me that he actually finds this intriguing. <laughs> it's it's only because I used to watch like some of the old episodes of the show. That's why. Look, I, boss, I like, the it, like a horror version. Of Is it. that based on the show, though? Yeah. So there was another description that just said based on the 1970s uh, television show, and I was like, well, oh, okay. I don't think people are getting murdered in that show, though, right? No, I don't no. Think so. They obviously gave it a twist, but I mean, it's almost like with the Scooby Doo movies where they give it a comedic spoof. So only well, this time they're going the Scooby-Doo opposite. Scooby Doo's funny to begin with, though. I mean, yeah, this doesn't look funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, but it looks fun. It's more the movies no, are more self-aware versus this one is going more towards the horror aspect. Right. I'll thing. be shocked if Marco sees this. Yeah, I'll see it on demand. I'll wait for Netflix or some <laughs> shit. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not gonna pay to see it. It's just, you know. Looks interesting. All right, next up is Olympic Dreams with a 77% Rotten Tomato score. Director Jeremy Tucher stars Nick Kroll, Gus Kenworth, and Alexi Pappas. In the Olympic Athlete Village, a young cross-country skier bonds with a volunteer doctor after her completion ends. Competition? Competition ends. What? What is she completing? I was like, she went to completion. That's that's nice. Oh, it's it's a it's a Valentine's Day film, so I guess it makes sense. Valentine's Day comes out. Nice. Okay. And up next we have the photograph. It's got no Rotten Tomato score thus far. It's directed by Stella Meggy. It stars Lakeith Stanfield, which who I'm really excited about. Issa Rae and Chelsea Peretti. And this one also comes out on Valentine's Day, February 14th. The synopsis is, when famed photographer Christina Ames dies unexpectedly, she leaves her estranged daughter, May, hurt, angry, and full of questions. When May finds a photograph tucked away in a safe deposit box, she soon finds herself delving into her mother's early life, an investigation that leads to an unexpected romance with a rising journalist. Actually, this one looks good. sounds good. Yeah, I'm yeah, not going to lie. This seems more of a Valentine's Day film, too. Yeah. yeah but I, the trailer, too. Looks when like I was good. skimming through the synopsis is really fast. This one definitely caught my eye, and, you know, I'm a huge Lakeith Stanfield fan, so I might want to check this one out. All right, so we're going to end it here, guys, with the final one here. I know that we didn't do everything, but like you said, we're just going to go over the ones that you we think you guys might like or seem kind of silly. Uh, we're going to get the one that's going to kill it on Valentine's Day here, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> this is directed by Jeff Fowler, stars Jim Carrey, James Martin, and Ben Schwartz. Uh, after discovering a small blue fast hedgehog, a small town police officer must help it defeat an evil genius who wants to do experiments on it. And if you guys want to hear about what we think about that, listen to our next podcast because that's our next movie. So, Surprise. Spoiler alert. What? Before the outro? <laughs> Benefits of listening to the whole pod? After all the reshoot stuff it went through, I mean, we, we kind of owe it to the movie, I guess, to go see it. I mean, everybody bitched about it. Everybody that bitched better go see this movie, by the way. Everyone's like, I'm not going to see it. It looks fuck. Okay. I don't know if Valentine's Day is the best release date, but you know. Got to go fast, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, dude. All right, guys. Let's go on and do our little mini review here of Six Underground. There's this trick that we all do to get through our day. Go, 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 go. We take a box, and into that box, we place all the horrors of the world. 
close the box and pretend it doesn't exist. Only some of us, we've lost our ability to pretend. We've been looking for a special operator like you for a while. Who are you? We do the dirty work, others can't. Here's the fun part. Now on, you're dead. It's all erased. No more criminal records, no more getting arrested just for being naked or just usual stuff, you know, being naked, getting drunk, casual stuff. So we're all gonna die. We blend in to disappear. Watch me! I hope so. All right, guys. So the synopsis here is is pretty it's pretty bonkers. Meet a new kind of action hero. Six untraceable agents, totally off the grid. They've buried their past so they can change the future. That tells you nothing about <laughs> Not the movie, by the way. So uh, directed by Michael Bay. I try to grab his worst films on here. Transformers: The Last Night, 2017. 13 Hours, 2016, and The Island in 2005. Yes. The movie that single-handedly made it so that Scarlett Johansson will never work with him. Uh, this stars Ryan Reynolds as one, Melanie Loren as two, Manuel Garcia Rolfol as three, Ben Hardy as four, Adria Arreono as five, Dave Franco as six, Corey Hawkins as seven, Leo Rez, Rovak Alamov, and Payman Mahdi as Murat Alamov. Uh, I want to start with you, Nabil. Uh, yay or nay? Um, except for the first 20 minutes of the film, I would say nay. You want to elaborate a little bit? <laughs> I mean, that chase oh. scene was epic at the beginning. I think it's probably one of the better car scenes I've seen in a film. Yeah. Uh, but once they start going into the film, and I, just I got lost in the plot. I wasn't really sure what their motivation was behind it. They yeah. were throwing behind like everybody's unique experience and why they were, what happened. And it didn't really make a lot of sense. And then yeah. their bond seemed kind of all over. I mean... There's a lot to talk about for this film that doesn't make sense or isn't explained. <laughs> but that car scene at the beginning was epic. Dude, uh, I mean, I'll go next. I got to say nay as well. This movie gave me a headache. They really, I don't know why Michael Bay thinks that he has to, uh, I don't know. He tries to force characterization into these characters and it doesn't work. No. They also have some very confusing flashbacks throughout yeah. the movie. Like, dude, get that shit out of the way early on. Don't be doing it all the way up until the fucking end. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is being Ryan Reynolds. He's playing himself pretty much the whole movie too. Um, I was talking to Mark about this. I don't. Were they trying to go for like an A team vibe maybe with this whole thing? A little bit. Something extreme. Like that. Right. Extreme <laughs> like, A team. Oh, we got the girl that's like. Oh, we got. I mean, if when it comes down to it, it's like we got like Ryan Reynolds. He's basically the main dude from A team. Melanie Rod. It's like she's like number two is the fucking CIA agent that kind of still kind of has an accent, by the way. I don't really know yeah. why. Would that mean the the spent the Latino guy was he Mr. T then? I don't know, bro. He's a hitman, right? <laughs> and he is oh, like, I, I guess Ben Hardy's number four. He's the uh, he just does parkour. But I mean, <laughs> he's not very good at his job though. He's always getting caught and almost killed like three times. They had to save him many times. That and then five though. Marco and I talked about this. Is she in the movie? <laughs> I couldn't remember who she was. They show another lady that he's with in the beginning, and that with Ron Ronald's character. Why? I thought that was her too. I was like, yeah, did he hook like, up with the her? doctor? Wait, yeah, yeah, I was like, I so they're in this together? Why would what? they cast this a, a, a lady that looks very similar oh, to the same like, chick? Almost yeah. the same person. I, yeah, I she, her biggest scene in the entire movie was the, the actual car chase. Yeah, yeah. The beginning. Yeah. That's like, the only time a, she even, she's even a doctor. Yeah, also, I don't even know why she's called a doctor. Yeah, because I don't think they really. Whoa, 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 whoa! She's they don't have a flashback for her, by the way. 
Oh, see, they don't. I no. They don't. See? I, was, I told I you. They, they don't. Like, they don't I'll, even have I'll, a background I'll for... I'll elaborate more on that in spoilers. But Six um, either? Five and six, they don't explain. Yeah, not really six either, yeah. Which, I mean, it makes sense because we'll go over. But uh, sorry, but Mark. I, that, I don't talk to a little too much. No, that, no that's fine. That, this is kind of loose anyway. Just, that being said, it's happening. I'm odd man out again. Oh, my God. Oh, it's God. a fucking yay for me. Jeez, this movie is stupid fun. Did we it's see the same so film? it's so dumb, but it's fun. It's one of those movies again where you can just put it on and just have fun with it. You can watch it with a group of friends and just talk shit about it, you know, and kick back and relax and just turn your brain off because if you try to think during this movie or try to connect the pieces or the dots, it's like James said, it's going to give you a headache. It's I mean, just that's the point of movies, but it though, wants right? you to think. <laughs> yeah. Though it's giving you the flashbacks, no, so you have I mean, connections with them, and it still doesn't work. No, it's, it's like, hey, Ryan Reynolds, box, Ryan Reynolds looks through a dramatic box. event, right? He's like, oh no, this is his. Thing. It looks fancy on the outside; it's hollow on the inside, but it's still fun. It, it's again, it's it's filmed great. It has some great action sequences. The plot is dumb; it makes no sense. I think there, it has- there really is. Each character really doesn't have an arc. They're the exact same person at the end they the were film, at yeah. the end as they were at the beginning. Especially Ryan Reynolds, like he, like there's, they, they don't even really explain. explain why they choose the country they yeah. did. Yeah. Like it's it's just well, briefly. Well, yeah, they explain it. Kind of, man. Kind it's of. The, it's the country that attacked when he was at the place. But, mm-hmm. th- so. but still, like that, I'm like, okay. Would you devote your time like, you know, to that, destroying that the regime there, though? And it's their second mission, by the way. It's not the only country that's been chemically attacked. But yeah. okay, that's fine. It's it's they don't specify like where we're going to pick our next target or anything. They don't even really talk about the end game. They gave up their lives for this mission. Then they're like, so now what? They don't even really explain like. He just so shows, dude. He literally shows up and's like, "You're gonna be part of my squad now." Yeah, he's Wait, rich, what? but he's quote unquote dead. <laughs> so, I mean, did he liquidate half his assets and give the other? How's half he still got his, his money? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. They didn't really explain that. They but never, aside, they never even explain like how he kicks so much ass too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's just fun. It's it's nothing. It's nothing to really recommend, but I still like. I still enjoyed watching it. I th- it's thought it was hella fun. It's for trust being me. on Netflix for free, you know that was Ex- worth the watch. Exactly. I'll tell you this: after like marathoning thirteen Oscar movies, I gotta tell you, it's fun to kind of just turn your brain off and just watch something and not have to think Which, about I it. I mean, that's why. I, I mean, I'm the one that brought it up. Yeah, right? it's I was an, like, hey, let's choose something easy. I, I I was gonna do like an Oscar film, but then truthfully, last year when we did the wife, it didn't track too well. So no, I was like, no. no. <laughs> It's so, a nice cleanser, you know, yeah. if, if you have if you just want to take your mind off shit or something. But this, I also think we should have just watched The King instead. Yeah, but that for that one, I really, I really need to watch that one. She would have like, probably, like, enjoyed that I, oh, oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah. I really want to watch that one. I really didn't want, like you said, James, I didn't want, we didn't want something to be a chore, especially after, like, watching, thir- like, a bunch of movies for We should have watched stuff. Clue then. And it's like Clue would have been nice. Clue would have been also cool, Clue, especially since I've never seen it. Yeah, I know. But I mean, I'm going to eventually. I still liked it. Again, if you're looking for something fun, you know, check it out. And if not, if if you just can't stand Michael Bay, then don't watch it. Simple. I mean, I can stand Michael Bay. I just didn't think this was a good movie. It's got I, no, too I, much I can going see that. on. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's just it's a stupid fun movie. I mean, I'm. And this is the fact that I have never seen Transformers: The Last Night. 
I'm still like on I'm on the cusp of whether or not I want to see that. So I mean, you got to f- only the only the true completionist will watch all Transformers <laughs> oh films. God. I guess. I mean, the only one I haven't seen is Bumblebee, so I got to watch that one. Oh, that's arguably the best one too, oh, man. Dude. He produced it still. So um I get, I mean, I agree with him, Bill on this one, man. This is just a really bad movie. It has a lot of style. It has a lot of good set pieces, I'd say. I don't even think the action is necessarily the greatest. I think they it runs too long at times. It does. It's kind of like, fuck, I get it, dude. And at times, Ryan Reynolds is almost there just to be kind of like the comedic relief, I think. And His just, character does get annoying at times. Because yeah, and he's just kind of in the background, like, monitoring them, I guess. Yeah, he's kind of a On shitty site, leader. though, which is strange, because I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, everyone else kind of knows their shit, and even... Except um, the doctor, I guess, too. Melanie Lauren and Manuel Garcia Rolfo, Rolfo, I like their their chemistry when they were, like, doing the heist, and they were, like, shooting, killing people, and their little bantering back and See, forth. See, that's okay, cool. but I didn't I didn't believe their romance for a second, though. Not even I didn't bit. either. And but, then four yeah. and five are hooking up at the end. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, again, I'm not watching this movie for plot, so that's, you know... Just, I mean, but it's got to have something cohesive to a point for me to even remotely care about a movie, I guess. It's the difference. No, but you I know get what? that. I also think, too, just, you know, we were talking about on our, our Bad Boys pod about how Michael Bay this film is. And oh, I'll yeah. tell you, I don't I didn't really feel it was that Michael Bay. Like, yes, there's the action scenes. But like you said, they weren't as like. But did you fall asleep epic? during this movie? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, I'm surprised. I wish this I did. Very they're Michael in the ship sequence. That's the most Michael yeah. Bay shit I've ever seen in my I'd say life. Like maybe that. You know, even the car chase was a little different from a normal Michael Bay chase sequence. I mean, you could have uh-huh. said me, told me they were getting chased by Megatron, and I'd be like, "Yep, this is a Transformer <laughs> film, right?" Why was that a better actual like move than what Meg- Megatron had in the movies? Though, you know, magnetism. I thought that was pretty cool. I disagree. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's also a very weird kind of plot device that magnetism thing but i was like okay i guess this is it yeah i was like aren't their guns made of metal too though no they got no they they had plastic ones every one of them were i know the kevlar vests were synthetic kevlar Mm. that uh that's why uh their their sniper seven Corey hawkins that's why he was like oh you got the high-tech shit all plastic it's all plastic oh nice they have to tell us not show us okay yeah yeah but wait a minute the bullets had metal yeah the metal though yeah they're shooting plastic bullets they must have been plastic bullets. When that motherfucker wearing sunglasses? <laughs> yeah. They're still on his face at the end? I'm just saying. Well, plastic, what? bro. It's all plastic. They're wearing belts? <laughs> Sorry. Once again, I just... I expect too much out of Michael Bay. Yeah. I hope he goes back to his uh, pain and game days eventually one day. The one, the one good movie. His film. one good movie. Yeah. That's why um, my, my bar was really low for this movie. I saw it was a Michael Bay film, and I was like, hmm... Yeah, this I mean, we're not even going to spoil this, basically, guys, because I mean, I don't, I don't want to. There's spo- not much to spoil. There's not much to spoil, and plus, I just realized I did not. I just copied and pasted from last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see that. So wow, what did you guys want to see in Bad Boys Four? <laughs> um, so I mean, overall, I know Marco, you said you'd recommend it for people just to kind of. It's just like a popcorn turn off your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Get a group and, of friends, have some drinks, and just you know watch. Yeah, this movie and, and I think Nabil, you would say no. No, I mean, I, I do still recommend that car chase sequence. So that was pretty epic. But, I mean, as a film as a whole, no, I'm all right. Wouldn't recommend it. The Bill's like, watch it as a short first 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, exactly. You could just watch the first 20 minutes and be done. like, that's all I needed. <laughs> yep. And you kind of get the feel of the entire movie, to tell you the truth. I so. mean, you kind of do, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's on Netflix, guys. Watch the first 20 minutes. See if you like that. If you do, <laughs> watch the rest. Much like Bad Boys 2, though, I think it still runs a little bit too long. About 20 minutes too long, per se. But, you know. 
And by the way, I got to mention like, why do they always have a beating in a restaurant in that fucking movie? They it's do. like Michael Bay's like they have to go somewhere other than the base. We'll go to a diner, a, v- a Vietnam <laughs> <Yeah>. cafe. <laughs> He's like, you know, these action movies, you never see someone eat, and they're no using all this yeah. energy. They, they could show them taking a shit too, but I mean, they have to carb up, bro. Yeah, <laughs> they, they got to eat noodles. They're doing a lot of cardio, so I mean, they don't get cramped up. I mean, whatever um, one was eating. Ryan Reynolds. I think he's eating like fudge or some shit. I'm like, okay. I was like, that looks really good. That looks good. All right, guys. Let's move on now to our main topic here, the 2020 Oscar discussions. It is a direct order to call off tomorrow morning's attack. If you don't, it will be a massacre. We will lose two battalions, 1,600 men, your brother among them. You think you can get there in time? Yes, sir. Out there. It's the perfect lap. You see it. When I was a little boy and told people I was going to be a comedian, everyone laughed at me. Well, no one's laughing now. I'm so sick of people saying that that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. You're not afraid of tough guys, are you? (laughs) It's something funny. Three people in the world have one of these, and only one of them is Irish. All right, guys, so here we are. So the Oscars are this Sunday, the 9th at um, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, 5 o'clock Pacific, and for New Bill, that'd be 7 o'clock Central Time. And just like last year, we'll be having something here. I mean, not last year. It was at New Bill's last year, but this year we'll have it here. Uh, We'll have some people. We're going to do some Oscar bowling again. And uh, between the three of us, we have our little competition, and whoever wins gets to assign a movie to the quote-unquote losers to watch uh i want to say last two years i've won and i don't know if i'm gonna win this year. i'm feeling a little nervous to tell you the truth there's a lot of fucking close calls i think and last year i mean last year was my worst pick either uh ever and nabil almost got me so he just thought that my heart in one of them oh he didn't think rami malik was gonna win and that's when i knew i won i was like whoo uh, that's who i wanted to win yeah, me too. And then Bill's like, no. <laughs> Going close will win for the blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, no. So, quick one here, guys. I know you guys especially had to knock out a lot of Oscar films. Oh, yeah. And um, I know we did do, like, the documentaries, short films, all that stuff like that. Because um, it's a little bit harder to find those. Especially, I mean, the main focus is the other ones. Don't get me wrong. Foreign films are great. And we've seen some of these foreign films. But I know that we... Um, tend to skip them to a point but i think this year we saw a few on that list 
Between what you've seen, I know you still have a few left because they come out tonight, actually, for viewing. For instance, both of you guys have not seen uh, Beautiful Neighborhood with uh, Tom Hanks. So I know you guys will watch that before Sunday. Yes. And I know Marco, for instance, too, needs to watch Jojo Rabbit. So you won't have too much to say about those two films. But uh, you'll knock them out before Sunday. And I think, truthfully, you'll enjoy those, by the way. Especially um, uh, Beautiful Neighborhood, I think, is really, really good. And I, I, I'm interested to see where you guys take her on those. Between watching all these ones this year here, how has it been, though, overall, like with the list itself? And, you know, we talked about snubs last time and stuff, so you don't need to talk about it too much. But how, how did you feel overall? And did any of the movies that you've seen since the last time we talked, uh, did any of them surprise you? Uh, start with Marco. I say this time around it's been actually exciting. It's been easier. Yeah. The truth. It, it has. Uh, and the ease of access has helped as well too. Yeah. And the fact that I don't want to get as destroyed as I got last year or the year before that has yeah, given Marco's me some saying motivation. This right now and then next week he's going to have some off the wall fucking I know, right? What the fuck, dude? But it's it's been a pleasant experience. Some of these have been like some awesome hits and there were some pleasant surprises. Judy was one cuz I know last time when we were going over the Golden Globes I was shitting on it and saying, Renee Zellweger, really? Like, no way. But I was really impressed by her performance on that. And I ended up coming out really like coming out, uh, really liking that movie. You love it so much. You're tongue tied. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I actually just finished that one last night and I was impressed by how much I liked it. It, it just was a very touching story. Uh, I knew parts of the story of what had happened to Judy garland near towards the end of her life is very tragic and the way it's filmed is just just fantastic so i mean that one was a pleasant surprise parasite i knew i was gonna like right off the bat and i i loved it it was great that i got to see it before our oscars pod and i'm thankful that we were able to you know include that one um on the voodoo so that marco could watch it but uh yeah it's it's been fun you know, it hasn't really been much of a chore. It's just been a long process. That's about it. How do you feel about it, Nabil? I, I think the um, last couple of years, especially I believe last year, there were there was just a lot more heavier subject matter, and this has some very me, heavy, heavy, uh, heavier films too. But there's a better range because at first when I watched, uh, like, saw the trailers and what was being nominated, I was. Like, oh, great, now I've got to get through all this stuff and get my, my head in a mental state. And you do feel a bit defeated after just watching so many dramas, in, in, a, in this case, um, in artistic films. But honestly, especially now, coming through pretty much all, all of them on the list, except for a handful, uh, I, feel, I feel like it was a really good mix of films. Especially, like, some of the top contenders that have gotten multiple Oscar nominations that... There was a good mix of, you know, like Little Woman being dramatic but a bit more uplifting. And then you have something like Joker that's a much more darker subject matter to somewhere in between like Ford versus Ferrari. So I thought there was a really good range and that made it more fun to watch. And then I do think that I've seen a lot more movies this year and maybe there just wasn't as many variety for the nominations. But I feel like I've, I've gotten a lot more films that were nominated this year and I got to see a lot more variants um, like Pain and Glory, for instance, and... Uh, which was a great film in Parasite, a couple of foreign films that I think were really well, uh, well done. And we hadn't had the chance to really get on get on those uh, lists and knock those films out. 
um, as we did this year. So um, I was I'm pretty happy with with the s- selections they have. I'm not necessarily happy with all the nominations, but definitely with the selection of films that we've had to watch. Um, it's a good a good varied uh, list. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, I saw. I think probably out of the two of you guys, I, I probably see the most films out of any of these things. So every year, regardless, I always try to find these. And this was the first year where I didn't actually have to go back to the theaters to watch anything, which is a first. Yeah. So, And, I mean, I saw every movie on this list except for, like I said, the short films and documentaries. And I mean, I saw a few of the documentaries, though. It's a decent list this year. I think it's a little bit more... It's easy. I, th- I don't know. Maybe it's easier now just to see stuff, too. And it's just... The fact it's that much we're more accessible. I yeah, think, this, year. this is the most yeah. this is the most accessible we've ever had the list, especially for stuff missing. And I mean, before every one of these, I go through like a process of like making a list for everyone. And for the most part, I think a lot of these were right off the bat, like easy to find. And I don't think I mean, I was disappointed by some of the non nominations, I guess, especially as you guys know, I really love the farewell and um Things even like Dolomite's my name. I can't believe didn't get any nominations either. So yeah, there were there were quite a few snubs. Yeah, but you know that's you know that's gone and passed. So at this point, we're focusing on what is nominated. So we're gonna go through each category here, name off who it is, and then we're just gonna discuss it. We don't necessarily have to say who we're gonna pick it. Tell you the truth. Um, for that, you guys can check out our social media for when we post our picks uh, the day of. And try to compare to see what we've picked ourselves. We can always just say what we have a feeling for, but nothing solid yet, especially with you guys needing to watch one or two more movies. So starting out, uh, we'll go with Marco here. All right. And the first category we're going to go over is Best Visual Effects. And the nominees for this category are Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, The Lion King, 1917, and The Star War Part Nine. Oh, sorry. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Also known as Oops. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) To some. To some. And uh, for this one, uh, I got to go with 1917. And was that? I... I think that the feat that it accomplished is magnificent for it to just look like one continuous shot and make it work and make the movie as compelling and as exciting as it was. I think it was uh, magnificent and I think it's it's something that's definitely going to draw attention similar to how some of, um, this is probably a poor comparison, but similar to how some of Christopher Nolan's movies have really drawn a lot of attention as well too with, with the way they're they're cinematically portrayed so uh, don't get me wrong there's a lot of close calls here with uh, well not a lot I mean there's a close call with the Irishman because that one what it accomplished visually was also great too yeah. but I mean war movies they win so so I think Avengers Endgame is gonna win here uh, Avengers uh, infinity war last one last year even though I didn't think it was gonna win. And I don't get burned twice, goddammit. So, uh, The Irishman, though, I truthfully, though, The Lion King, I think, has a really good chance of doing it. Because so technically the entire movie CG. Yeah. So, I mean, Rise of Skywalker can win, too, once again. These are all CG-heavy movies. But then don't be shocked if The Irishman wins, either. Because the de-aging process in that movie is fantastic. Yeah, it's incredible, man. Yeah, so, I mean... I don't know, man. Once again, I just don't want to get burned again without choosing Avengers. Yeah, I'm so. kind of in the same line with you guys, though. I'm thinking more of the Irishman and the Lion King, though. Most of the, 
the realism from the Lion King, and then the de aging effect in the Irishman has been nothing but the talk of. It's like all phenomenal how yeah. well that de aging is. It's like the that's like the bar now is the de aging they did in that movie. Exactly. So I'm thinking that that might actually you know resonate pretty well. And you know Netflix is going to get a few wins for sure in this this year. But even like James stepped. was saying, Rise of Skywalker, it's the last one in the Skywalker series. So no, bro, no, sorry, no more Star Wars. No more the Star War. No more of the Star War. All right. All right, we're going on to the next category. It's two, best sound mixing and best sound editing. And just a heads up before you start that one, too. Just, uh, I don't know if you had it up or not, but once would you always tell everybody, sound mixing, guys, just to let you know, is different from sound editing, if you don't know that. So sound editing is like when you choose all the sound effects and all the music and it's kind of assemble them into the final, final cut. And then sound mixing, on the other hand, is uh like tweaking audio files and dialogue sound effects all that stuff into the score so like when you hear like a bullet whiz by that's sound mixing just so you know sorry Nibble. yeah so, yeah so two sounding very similar categories but very different categories oh i see what you did there mm-hmm. uh so sound mixing we've got ad astra ford versus ferrari joker 1917 once upon a time in hollywood and uh, for my guess here, I'm thinking sound mixing would actually go in line with more Ad Astra. Um, I think that they really try to set that futuristic tone and did a really good job of making you feel like you were, you know, jettisoned a bit in the future. Uh, this one's so hard again, too, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's a lot of good Because I think of Ad Astra, the scene on the moon, especially, is such a good scene. Yeah. How yeah. they show that off. But, dude, I could also see Ford versus Ferrari winning because the sound of the cars... Sounds absolutely amazing. Uh, 1917, I think, has some of the best sound mixing, too. But then, once again, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has some really good sound mixing, man. does a really clever job with the way the music sometimes is exactly. is actually coming from the it's radio. From source. Yeah. 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 Back and forth. Yeah. yeah. This a, one's tough, man. Yeah. I like that. I don't know. Tell you the truth. This is the one thing that Ed Astra got nominated in. And probably that's why the Bill was questioning why we had him watch that. Yeah. He's like, like what's <laughs> on the list? <laughs> No, I like that movie though, man. I told you, it was good. I, liked I actually that. enjoyed it. He's like, this doesn't have George Clooney. People are like, it's so pointless. Nothing happens to them. I'm like, mm, it's about a journey and shit. But okay, yeah. okay. Uh, you know, he find he find his padre. <laughs> that's that's the fucking. This is the fucking plot of Fast and Furious Ten, bro. <laughs> we have to go to Jupiter to find my dad. I mean, it looks like it's the plot of Fast and Furious Nine right now. So, <laughs> oh, no, don't spoil everybody. Mm-hmm. All right, Edward, we're gonna move to the sound editing nominees. So we have Ford v Ferrari. Joker, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. I think usually whoever wins one wins the other. Typically, yeah. So that's why I'm saying it could be 1917 or Ford vs. Ferrari, man. Or even Once Upon a Time. Star Wars wins it. They're like, we got it, bitches. How'd you, <laughs> like, how'd you like that shit? I don't know. It's too tough, man. I like I like Ford versus Ferrari at least for sound editing, and I do like it for sound mixing as well. But I'd say of the list, I'm really hoping that they win in this category because it did feel really lifelike listening to the uh, like you were there. I gotta say, 1917 though, me and Marco saw that shit in IMAX. Yeah. That shit sounded and that's so it, good. I jumped like physically jumped out of my seat during one scene. That's how good the sound sounded. And then my pants were off. It was weird. <laughs> it was that strange. Marco's like, get out of here. I was like, sorry, everybody. What's going on? <laughs> it's tough. This is a tough one. Yeah. It's another one where I don't quite know. 
Uh, let's move on. Best production design. We have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, 1917, Parasite, and Jojo Rabbit. Uh, for this one, um, uh, it could be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think, might win this one. That has some incredible set pieces. I think especially the set piece on the ranch um, is a very good scene. 1917, the entire thing's a fucking set, so that could win. <laughs> uh, Parasite, I think of the um, basement. That's uh, an incredible set itself. The house itself is a fucking great set. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, I think um, anytime that Jojo is talking to the little girl in the cubbyhole, I can't speak that scene one. itself is excellent. Uh, when Jojo is at camp, for instance, too, is not just funny, but also in a way sad, I guess. <laughs> but also, you know what I mean? Yeah. I and mean, there's little scenes like that, and they yeah. go to a lot of places, but I'm leaning toward more Once Upon a Time or 1917. Yeah, I'm in the same thought process as you. I'm looking at those two films uh, to see if one of them might take it. Yeah. I'm looking more at uh, 1917 or The Irishman. Just for the very fact that the Irishman, Ir- too, yeah. Irishman goes through mar- various decades as yeah. well, too. True. S- and Scorsese does a great job at making things look so accurate as well. Very true, dude. All right. And the next topic is, or I'm sorry, category, best makeup and hairstyling. Nominees for this category are Bombshell, Joker, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, Judy, and 1917. This one actually, man... I mean, I haven't seen Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, but this one is a tough one also. I mean, Bombshell did a great job at... uh, Changing everybody. Yeah, yeah, making everyone look like their character, Charlize Theron especially. Like, she was was like a mirror image. Yeah, no, I... Joker, I mean... Dude, look at his face, bro. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How do you think they got that hair green, bro? Shit. Uh, Joker, I mean, really was just the titular character. That, I think that's, so. That's about it. That's why I don't. I mean, think if you look weird. at like Robert De Niro, I guess you know yeah, the whole like eighties, like seventies, eighties aesthetic. I mean, see, but they're the only two characters that, that really gave design. it that vibe. They, got, they yeah. didn't even get production design. Those no, yeah, but they're the only they're the only two characters where you really like get to see like when he's costume. fully white faced, bro. Um, Judy did uh, magnificent, especially when it was switching between the the flashback years of Judy Garland. Filming her movies and her scenes, and the modern times, which was in the like, like probably late mid sixties around there. The lemon so. face. <laughs> I can't. You know, she didn't squint that much in this movie. Face, she didn't dude. squint. I was looking for it. I was like, she didn't squint. Good job. You just weren't looking for it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, like nineteen seventeen, man. Oh, that, yeah, there's some good. I gotta I mean, say, any kind of a war film, bro. Yeah, a pretty good chance for them too. Really, um, because I haven't seen Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, I gotta say, like this one's probably gonna be between Bombshell and 1917. Those those two you. look like the two strongest ones in me as far as makeup and hairstyling. Yeah, I've, I've honestly the same way. I, I think I'm looking more at Bombshell just because the Oscars love the whole transformational thing, um, yeah. especially when it's based off of real life people. But yeah. uh, 1917 could also take it, like James said, they also love a good war movie and. This does a pretty good job at making it feel real. And it was a little harder, too, I, because, yeah. because of the way they filmed it. I think either Bombshell... I think Maleficent could win, too, though. These Disney films like these tend to win sometimes, especially with Angelina Jolie's transformation. And in this movie, they reveal that there's more creatures like her. And all the character makeup effects on the other, I guess you call them dark fawns, look very good. So they have a pretty high chance. They're the most makeup-heavy out of anyone in this entire five movies so 
But, I mean, they might not go that route, though. A lot of times, sometimes they don't do it where they're like, oh, no one saw this movie, so it's going to be something right. more that people saw. So, I mean, once again, don't be shocked if 1917 wins. So. All right. Next category. Best editing. Ford versus Ferrari. The Irishman. Jojo Rabbit. Joker. And Parasite. And I'm going to tell you right now, for me, it's hands down would be Parasite. There's just so many different types of editing being done here. They do montages. They've got these I, yeah. different scenes jumping around from where, you know, the flashbacks they do on and, you know, what's going on with. No, but the, I just the, don't know how racist the Oscars are going to be this year, though. I know. <laughs> Will it, exactly. I, dude, that's the only thing. I'm like, did they watch it or not, though? They put in so many different types of, you know. Shoot, uh, of edits in this film that works so well, I just I I can't imagine why it wouldn't win. I agree. I, I can feel your heart on it, Bill. I can feel, I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel him breathing down my neck. Uh, I mean, Ford vs. Ferrari has some really good editing too. The cuts between the car racing and cutting back to the people, yeah. I liked a lot. And I also can see the Irishman doing really well here too, just because it edits the editing on this one of with the sequences of back and forth and the future and the past. I mean, it's not the future, the present and the past, obviously. <laughs> Okay, okay Yoda, calm down. He's like, <laughs> the future, the past. So, I mean, that's also something. They do a really good job of keeping a really good narrative cohesion here throughout the film. And it never once got to me like, I mean, I know you guys thought there was too many Italians in here, but I knew who they were. So, <laughs> just, I like Just the it. names, man. The names were hard. You're like, who is that guy? I'm like, that's the guy they fucking showed you earlier. You're like, what? I got, I got to say uh, Irishman or Parasite for this for the exact same reason what you guys both said, Parasite had some great editing into it, and obviously Scorsese is a master at his craft. And like what you were saying, James, the fact that they were going through various timelines, yeah, and they were still able to make the story make sense and cohesive, <coughs> I think is just make, gives it a really strong chance of, of winning that. So yeah. I, I I gotta say it's between those two. Awesome. So uh, best costume design here. We have The Irishman, Little Women, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, this one's harder than it looks, too, I think. Once again, there's just too many good movies at this point. Because, I mean, going through this list, The Irishman, plenty of uh, period piece. This is a period piece, too. Plenty of good costumes in this one. Little Women, which they used to tend to always go toward those movies with people wearing like dresses and such like this. Which is a weird thing to say, but it makes sense. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, once again, incredible costumes in there. Everybody has a look. I think Sam Rockwell's look near the end, especially, is a scene that could make it win for best costume yeah. design right there. Look. Joker, uh, period piece two. I don't think it's anything too crazy, though. And then I, I can see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood winning because, once again, the, the period itself is a character. Yeah. And I think they do a really good job of showing that time period. So I'm undecided, truthfully, so. I agree. This one's tough. Uh, Irishman, again, great costume design. And going to keep repeating it, but, you know, various timelines. So um, Little Women, uh, great. I think that the costumes in that were just awesome for the time period that it was in. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think those are my three. I mean, Joker, again, it's only the titular character, really. That's about it. Him and Robert De Niro. That's about it. Like no one else. But I mean, everybody really else involved. is period appropriate, though, too. True, but I mean, there were there, there was just more. But what distinguishes that from like the Irishman, right? Y yeah, like the Irishman, Little Women, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood showed a lot more. There was more world. And I'll say Little Women, especially like Timothy Chalamet, even chose his own like 
uh, costumes, by the way. Did you guys know that? Exactly. He does not. They let him choose because he was that good at picking clothing. Yeah. So I think there's a style to that movie, and that, that I mean, truthfully, I'm leaning toward that one. Then I guess once I mean once I see Jojo Rabbit, I'll have more of a full spectrum as far as like he's like Hitler which one looks so good because I mean it's also you know taking place during World War Two, but um, my two strongest ones would probably be either uh, Little Women and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Um, like James said, Once Upon a Time of Hollywood, the 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 year that it's set in is is a person in this case. You know, it's a subject of the film. So and they do a really good job at, at illustrating that through apparel, not just through the production design, but just what everybody's wearing and their outfits and what they look. But also, uh, Little Women, I think, has its own unique style to that set period compared to the other Little Women film and other films that are kind of set in that time. And I think that that is a testament to the characters and also to you know the unnominated Gre- Greta Gerwig who was able to you know. Really being the character. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You, you said don't bring your politics into this. <laughs> you see, you see, uh, <laughs> you see various uh, income statuses too in Little Women as well. You see poor. Uh, I mean, what's rich, a rich, super just, rich? I yeah. just can't stop picturing that Hawaiian shirt that Brad Pitt wears the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that alone is just like boom. All right, and the next category is best cinematography, and nominees for this one are 1917. You can stop right now, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> the Lighthouse, The Irishman, Joker, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm going to say that 1917 is probably the strongest one on this list, but I mean, The Lighthouse also accomplished some feats, despite oh, yeah. the fact of what All we right. said in our podcast. If you guys want to go back and listen to that one and listen to me talk about my fever-induced hallucination that I had during the movie, I mean, Wait, it's Nabil, your choice. Question, did you finish that or start it? I, I watched it, yes. Okay, I got to talk to you yeah. later then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine watching that with a fever, sir. Anyway. Uh, I was sick that day when I was watching it. <laughs> I mean, imagine driving an hour and a half just to go see the movie, by the way. That's another thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like but uh, I, I got to say that, I mean, don't get me wrong, Scorsese, you know, great director. Joker had some amazing cinematography, too. Just the opening sequence alone was great. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Tarantino gets some great shots or some really awesome long shots on there but I think the two ones that accomplish that actually accomplish feats on this are you know 1917 the lighthouse yeah I think it's 1917 it's uh, although I could see once upon time Hollywood winning because once again a 1917 is getting shit on because a lot of people are saying that it's shot it's like a video game or some a video game look to the whole thing which oh, really? yeah that's the negativity yeah. toward it yeah and that it's a gimmick the whole thing so some people don't like that whole part of it so i mean this could be one of those movies where it's a shocker and someone else wins it's like what the fuck so but i'm leaning toward 1917 yeah i'm i'm leaning towards once upon a time in hollywood there are a few shots that come to mind that really make me feel that that you know could justify a win but 1917 is also a really strong contender i, just, I also you, really you sure like the lighthouse you sure you don't mean the lighthouse or there are no shots that come to mind in that one <laughs> there, there are a few <laughs> shots that come I really did like the lighthouse, especially with it being in black and white, uh, and how he was able to really. Portray. Also, they use an aspect ratio that's not used anymore in that one. Yeah, See? exactly. One so. by fifty-five by one or something like that, and that's not very common. It's to it's to show you the sense of like it creates like a sense of like claustrophobia. Yeah. I don't know if you got that or not. I know you were did, sick yeah. while you're watching. You're probably like, well, "Is this happening in real life?" Oh, I definitely felt it. I think in Once Upon a Time to Build, going off of what you're saying there too, 
I especially like the scene with Brad Pitt driving his car like a maniac through the fucking yeah. uh, with uh, <laughs> Deep Purple playing, and I think that is such a good scene. By the way, I l- that's my favorite scene in the entire movie actually, and it just it hits at the right moment, and it just shows you just like this is his fucking life, and he gets home to his dog and shit. So yep, yeah, yeah, that was actually a good scene. All right, next category: best original score, nineteen seventeen, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. This one was tough for me. You know, I looked through it all, and I, I just couldn't really... I just couldn't settle on one nominee. I honestly like the Joker for this category. Me too. Because the music is just really is helping you drive what, you know, Joe the Joker is kind of going through and his character and his mental state. But um, I, I, out of the rest of them, I, I didn't really feel that anything really called out to me as far as score is concerned. So I'm really leaning more towards the Joker on this. What What are your guys' thoughts on that? I would say the Joker, uh, the scene where he's dancing in the bathroom especially, is the scene that comes to mind. Yeah. The yeah. song that plays, or the score that plays, is absolutely phenomenal during that part. 1917 is pretty low on the fucking score, actually, if you think mm-hmm. about it. A it's lot of times driven. they go didactic sound with that movie, so there's not a lot. It does happen, don't get me wrong, but I think that's a side to the cinematography. Little Women has really good moments, too, where they have very good uh, music. Uh, marriage story is too depressing for me to remember. And then Star Wars, <laughs> I don't think it was that good. Uh, Score-wise, compared to the other ones, I think Force Awakens had a better score. And that uh, didn't even win. So. Uh, I agree with you guys on Joker. I mean, uh, again, from the get-go, you can see that music is going to help drive the, the themes and the character himself and his transformation into Joker. So that's that's definitely a strong, a strong one. Um, Little Women... Uh, yeah, from what I remember, had a pretty decent score. Marriage Story actually wasn't that bad, but Star Wars a light score in that one. Star Wars: The uh, Rise of Skywalker. I mean, it's John Williams' last Star Wars movie, supposedly. So, you know, I mean, he's done some of the greats as well. So, I could see it going, you know, kind of either Joker or the Star War. Best animated feature now, guys. We have How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, Missing Link, and Toy Story Four. This one's pretty tough, too. I'm pretty sure it's leaning toward Toy Story 4. But I was actually... This is where I was pleasantly surprised. Cause, uh, there's a lot of good animated films this year, There are, by the way. And I'm glad that Frozen 2 wasn't nominated. So I would like How to Train Your Dragon the Hidden World to win. Because I think, as a whole, the entire trilogy of the How to Train Your Dragon movies are fantastic. And especially the way that this movie ends and shows you the growth of the main character is it's almost kind of heartbreaking near the end tell you the truth um i lost my body was a pleasant surprise it was very much very different than i thought it was going to be and i thought klaus out of all these though was my favorite and i absolutely liked how it kind of played on the origin story of santa claus and it was kind of a kind of a sad tale in a way of like how this came to be and i enjoyed missing link for the most part but i think studio Leica has made better films in the past so yeah. I uh, I agree with the fact that it was a tough decision or it's a tough choice between these movies. I lo- I agree with everything you said about the animated movies. I, I lost my body and Claws. I think they were great. They were splendid surprises, and I'm glad I, I got to see them. Claws was uh, so much fun to watch, and I lost my body was interesting. The narrative was different, which I appreciated, but I can I can definitely see Toy Story 4 being nominated for this one. I actually wish that Frozen 2 would have been nominated. I love that movie. I thought it was great. I thought it was a solid sequel. Um, Missing Link uh, was great though that was very surprising to me because I was not interested in watching that movie 
but I ended up really enjoying it and liking the message of it. So, I mean, I can see between those two, not to shit on I Lost My Body or Claws, but, you know, those probably aren't didn't get as many views as some of these other Yeah, I'm just glad they were nominated, period. And, um, right, truthfully. But, I mean, Toy Story 4, it's, it's fucking Pixar, guys. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, but I, I didn't connect to Toy Story 4 like the other movies on this one. And, like, I was emotionally more connected to... Uh, how to train dragon three for instance so yeah didn't yeah just i mean it. i i agree um honestly if, if they were just voting straight off of animation only and nothing else i would say missing link hand down because the way that they have you know they did the stop motion mix claymation cg in there to claim yeah. claymation was it it was top tier from even at the other films but the plot of that film they've done better the other films are way better and, and that was really difficult to watch because i just wasn't interested in the plot um, I agree that How to Train Your Dragon I think should win overall, but I feel that Toy Story Four probably will. Um, I don't really think it, it compared to the other ones that maybe it it is the best out of the rest. But I feel that they'll lean harder on Pixar for this film. All right, and with that, we go to our next category, which is Best Adapted Screenplay, and the nominees for this one are The Irishman, Joker, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, and The Two Popes. Man, okay, so I have not seen Jojo I, Rabbit. I gotta say though, going forward, all these are hell tough now. Yeah, but <laughs> every one of these. I mean, <sighs> shit. I was surprised by the two popes. I'm not gonna lie. I, I enjoyed that movie lot, also. Dude. It was good and uh, dialogue heavy film. But I was like, I'm really intrigued by these performances. Yeah, I, the story was flushed out very well. At no point was I bored, and I thought I was gonna get bored with this one. I was like, oh, God, I, I mean, you see the cover; it's two fucking guys talking over yeah. tea, and I was like, looks like a Nabil movie. <laughs> but <laughs> right? guess what? It was a James movie too. <laughs> yeah, um, I I definitely enjoyed it. Um, but this one could, I mean, damn, there's a lot of good screenplays here. Little Women was great. I fucking love that movie. Again, I tweeted about it. Joker, great screenplay as well too. Despite the controversy, Irishman, The Two Popes. I mean, I got a four way going here, guys. I, I don't mean, know it, this it one. Could, either, it could dude. be either of those four movies. Truthfully. This is this is what gets me excited for the Oscars because I'm like, so, what's going to happen? Yeah, it's. I mean, Irishman, Joker, Little Women, The Two Popes. Uh, again, I've yet to see Jojo Rabbit, so I can't speak on it. But yeah, it's a it's a four way for me. I really like Little Women, to be honest, for this category. I think uh, it was just when I watched it, I was just so enthralled with what was going to happen knowing the story already and reading the book and seeing the film over and over again mm -hmm. i still was surprised to see some of the scenes that have occurred not as if i didn't expect it and still had a big impact flesh out the characters better i think in in this film than this one is have supposed ones. to be closer to the novel right yeah yeah it is it's they they give a little bit more background to uh, a couple characters but it is much closer to the novel i i think of the list i i think little woman is a stronger contender because I'm so torn between all of these, because I think any one of them could win, I'm going to go with who's won the most awards leading up to this. I think Jojo Rabbit's going to win this one. Because I think it's an uh, absolutely adorable film, and it's a movie that's serious and also funny at the same time. And um, I'm cheating because he won the BAFTA, so fuck it. Just go for it, Taika. <laughs> so, I'm cheating to Bill. Relax, okay? <laughs> fuck, man. I don't know. I'm just going to go off the numbers, okay? Any one of these guys can win, dude. 
I mean, really true. Maybe. I mean, because even Little Women was both serious and kind of funny at some parts too. Oh yeah, no, definitely, yeah, dude. But it's I mean, more like of a lighthearted one. tale, though. I think Jojo Rabbit has a little bit more of a serious string near the end. Yeah, I think well, once I see I it, mean, I think the a lot subject of matter serious. Yeah, so. I mean, definitely check it you, out. Bill. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. So with that, we're going on to the next category: best original screenplay. We have a surprising nominee: Knives Out, 1917, Marriage Story. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite. It's too hard again. <laughs> it is. It is very difficult. I wanted to be Parasite, though. I mean, I like Knives Out a lot, and I thought that was a great ad. Well, no, early on, if Parasite's going to win stuff, depending on yeah. what they win. Hmm. Oh, no. It didn't win that. We're like, they're being too racist again this year. I know. <laughs> what did they do? Oh, shit. I mean, yeah, Parasite should be the one, really. I mean, it's a great story. Don't, not to shit on any of these other movies. I mean, they're also great, but I could see it going to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood also. Me too. I mean, I'm not... Yeah. I wasn't too big of a fan of the movie. I thought it was very vanilla, in my opinion. But I mean, apparently, Bill loved it, so he's. I did. Top yeah, <laughs> that was great film. he didn't tell us that afterwards. When we right. saw it. Lied, son of a bitch. <laughs> but I mean, still, I could see it go that route. I would. I would love for Knives Out to win, so Star Wars I killer himself, Ryan Johnson, can get a fucking award. But I think Parasite has this. But once again, I don't know, man. It could go. Quentin Tarantino is very well liked. I think Marriage Story is an excellent movie as well. Don't get me wrong. That was a good script. It's yeah. an excellent script too, and I think um, that that's really cool that it's original. I, I always enjoy the original screenplay because at least it's not it's not based on anything um, existing already. It's completely original, thus the original screenplay. But it's one of those things where this could go anywhere either. But I think Parasite. I think Parasite should win pretty much everything that it gets nominated for. Man, that's how good a film this is. Like we can't stress that enough. Yeah, it's an. You really need to watch it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's an incredible movie, absolutely hands down. All right, so we're going to best supporting actress. We have Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell, Laura Dern in Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh, sorry, in Little Women. I don't want to say that wrong again, or else people start texting me how to properly say the damn name. (laughs) And then Margot Robbie in Bombshell. I think between these, I know Laura Dern won the Golden Globe. That doesn't actually mean she's going to win this thing though. Uh, I think Florence Pugh has a pretty damn good chance to win for Little Women. This is going to be one of those awards, I'm calling it now, that like no one knew this person was going to win. Yeah. Uh, I think Scarlett Johansson is excellent in Jojo Rabbit. She is uh, the, one of the most emotional characters that kind of turns you in that movie and kind of gets you, especially there's a scene later on in the film that just kind of like rips your heart out, I think. Um, I won't spoil it because Marco has not seen it yet. Uh, I also think Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell does an excellent job playing um richard jewel's mother in that film and i really like kathy bates uh i don't know if you guys have seen like her interviews leading up to this too she's like super fucking cool yeah, yeah. Bates is awesome. she's like super cool yeah. it's uh i liked her little tweet to adam sandler when he was like yeah at least mama got in because like he was pissed that he didn't get nominated but kathy bates was in <laughs> wonder boy and it was like you know i was like that's cool uh but this is kind of a toss-up this could go anywhere to tell you the truth i don't think margot Garvey will win though I, I that's I the one person there. I don't think is gonna win. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> don't see her winning that. I mean, her part really was meaningless in that movie. I don't, and I don't understand how she got, you know, nominated. There was a specific actress in, you know, Parasite that I felt probably deserved oh, a more dude. supporting actress role than. Oh, y- y- yeah, hands down. So I'm just saying. Uh, I can see Kathy Bates taking it for Richard Jewell. I wasn't much fan of the movie, but I mean, her performance and the performance of the main character I thought were. Excellent, but um, I'm shocked plus, he didn't get nominated. By the way. Yeah, plus I'm a huge Kathy Bates fan. Also, she's awesome. I think dude. She, yeah. yeah, 
she's really good at uh, immersing herself in a role. And I can also see Florence Pugh winning this one as well, too, for Little yeah. Women. She did a remarkable job in that movie. And Even I'm excited I think she, to see... You know what, truthfully, Marco? I think she did better in Midsummer. Hmm. Interesting. Because mm. I just rewatched the... Uh, three-hour director's cut i need to watch the, I, I need gotta to tell you right now i need to rewatch that one because if only the oscars didn't hate horror films it's my you know spoiler movie of the fucking year so i yeah. should rewatch it but I, but i still liked her performance regardless i thought that that's a supporting was, actress yeah i think it was yeah. great versus you know an actual starring role in midsummer uh but yeah i could i could see it go between those two what about you nabil I mean, I haven't watched Richard Jewell, so I can't speak to Kathy Bates. But I think any film Kathy Bates is nominated for, she should win. So she's got a I chance. Go for, yeah, there, there's <laughs> one scene her. in that movie where she's talking soul crushing. Oh, I yeah. I know exactly what Marco's talking yeah. about, and I and I 100% agree. Yeah. That's what that's the scene they're going to show during the that's Academy the Oscar Awards. Scene? By yeah. the way, oh, nice. I guarantee it. We gotta call it up. They don't. I go, damn. They're showing the scene where she's bitching about her Tupperware. <laughs> no, there's actually there's two scenes actually, but one of them involves the titular character. Anyway. But of the rest of the cast, of the ones that I have seen, I, I, I mean, I would say Florence Pugh probably has a good chance on it. I, I didn't really, I didn't think Laura Dern's performance was that strong. And I mean, dude, me either, bro. She's just Laura Dern, like she is in a lot of other films. But apparently, she won the. Or Golden dude, Globe, am so. I just hating on her because she was Admiral Haldo and I hate that character? <laughs> no, I, I liked her in the movie. I just don't think that no, there I was enough. I don't think it was enough. Oscar yeah. fucking nominated. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, Laura Dern. She has like twelve lines. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that. Yeah, she had about the same amount of lines as the mom in Marriage Story. I mean, I'd give so... Ray Liotta an Oscar if you really want to. <laughs> <laughs> throw in the mix. He's the asshole guy that I probably end up hiring. By the way, I'm oh, like, well, I, I got to roll with this guy. Seems like he knows more about my taxes than I do. So here yep, we go. Exactly. All right, and the next category is best supporting actor, and the nominees are Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Al Pacino for The Irishman. Joe Pesci, also for The Irishman, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, and Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Well, man. Fuck, these are rough. But I could see this going to either, I mean, Joe Pesci yeah. uh, or Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Pesci. So good, it, dude. He came out of retirement just to you know, film The Irishman and work with Scorsese again, and he did incredible. It was such a different character than what he usually portrays in a Scorsese film also. And I mentioned that. He's in our, somewhat in our, nicer in this Yeah, film. I mean, he's still a gangster. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But. Absolutely. But it still showed that, man, he still has his chops. And, you know, he can he can definitely, like, you know, definitely give a great He was my favorite character in um, Irishman, by the way. What's that? Mine too. He was my favorite character in that movie. Uh, I got to say. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah, mine too. Um, I mean, Anthony Hopkins, he's Anthony Hopkins. Dude, you know, I love the, Anthony Hopkins. The, the guy, too, bro. I ain't gonna lie. The guy has a lot of history. He did a great job in the Two Popes. Like, there's one specific scene where, man, it's it's towards the end and it's just like so like gut wrenching and you're just like, oh my fucking god, and it's just so great. And I wonder if they're gonna show that scene as one of the clips. But um, they're gonna show the soccer scene. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I can also see. You know Al Pacino as well. He's one of the greats, and you I know, think he, he once did, again, we've talked about this before. I I think they don't give him enough credit for his role as Jimmy Hoffa in that movie. He did fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think 
I think Al Pacino is Al Pacino and, and Safa in this film. So what are you talking know. about? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, you know, my cousin Vinny, he <laughs> should really win this film. So I I really think that Joe Pesci should win. Um, I do love Anthony Hopkins. I did not see A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood yet, so I can't speak about Tom Hanks. Same. But I would say Joe Pesci for sure, maybe Anthony Hopkins as well. Well, guys, I'm going to be the odd man out here. I know Brad Pitt is the favorite one to win. I don't really think Brad Pitt had an Oscar-nominated fucking role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm still kind of baffled he keeps winning all these awards leading up to this. So that's why I don't think he's going to win the Oscar, because they do this shit all the time. And all the people that usually win all these awards leading up to it don't win it. I think Tom Hanks is going to win for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. There you go. He embodies the vision of Fred Rogers. And, I mean, his mannerisms, his role in this film is fantastic. He even studied all the Fred Roger tapes and watched like every fucking episode. It's insane, dude. I think it's going to be one of those things where because Tom Hanks hasn't been nominated in since Castaway, I want to say, right? Yeah, so, did Captain Sully. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, Nabil, I forgot. Oh yeah, sorry, Nabil, I forgot. <laughs> the movie Nabil teared up at when he didn't couldn't hear it then. Sorry. So <laughs> I mean, it's been a while though. So I think it's one of those movies. Where I think he's going to randomly get picked. It's going to be one of those random ones again. It's like, whoa, what the hell? And I think it's going to be great because I hope he does because, I, I mean, I love Tom Hanks, man. And I can't wait for you guys to watch this movie too. So, All right. With that, we're going on to the heavy hitters, starting with Best Actress. We have Cynthia Erivo as from Harriet, Scarlett Johansson from Marriage Story, Shirsha Ronan in Little Women, Charlize Theron in Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger as Judy. And from watching all these films, um, I can I can honestly say that I do think Renee Zellweger should win this film, uh, this category. Uh, after watching her movie and her performance, I really didn't like. I was in the same mind headspace as Marco about Judy and seeing it got nominated, but after watching the film and seeing everybody else's performance, I really am fa- favoriting Renee Zellweger to win. She just really nailed. Judy Garland, the the mannerisms and and I don't know maybe she was a little bit about her herself she put into the role because you know she's she's had some troubles the last I ten mean, years or so she is but, very bitter yeah, <laughs> I don't know but uh, Bill sent her goddamn Golden Globe thing to me and I'm like does she hate everyone like she, she was angry so remember me it's been seventeen yeah. years I'm like sorry the last good movie you made was fucking Chicago but right oh shit so wow I. Uh, Man, I can see Charlize Theron winning this one too for Bombshell, and she did a really great job, and um, definitely was probably the best part of of that film as far as the cast goes and as Especially, far as characters. Talk about mannerisms, right? Yeah. Dude, yeah, like she, yeah, absolutely, straight up. But uh, I I do agree, Nabil, that uh, Renee Zellweger probably deserves it. She was incredible as Judy, and this is probably. The first time I actually saw the character and not Renee Zellweger trying to act, like it was like she gave it her all, and I was impressed. There were a lot of like heart wrenching scenes in there. It was just a great performance, but you know, I also like Stars Ronan. I think she's an incredible actress too. So, um, I'm on a three way on this one. Yeah, I, I mean, I cannot stand Renee Zellweger, guys. I mean, neither can I. I dude. disagree with you. That's guys. why. Yeah. That's why I, I was. I felt like she was impressed. still imitating Judy Garland and not acting. Really? Yeah. I think there was a Hollywood Reporter thing talking about that, and I totally agree with that guy. Um, and what? It's just such a boring movie, dude. I know you guys liked it, but it's a movie I will not remember a year from now, man. 
I mean, this, this seems like this. Se- yeah, this go. seems like the Glenn Close thing. Like Glenn Close won all their wars leading up to it too, just like Renee, and then she lost. Yeah, I was like, thank God she lost to the lady that won for the favorite. Um, I hope Sir Sharona wins. Tell you the truth, Little Women. I think she's fantastic in that movie. When I I think a lot of people don't give enough for Scar Joe, man. Marriage Story. She's fantastic in it too, man. True. She is so good. It's so believable, and like you really feel for her, like how she feels trapped in this kind of situation but she's trying to make the best out of it i mean both both parties are don't get me wrong and it's just one of those movies where i think as much as it made me kind of sad and depressed as you guys know as i've talked about it is a solid movie and i think she i mean for somebody that's nominated twice here for this and also best supporting actress she has twice the chance to win or lose so that's true she has she's either going home with everything or nothing so all right, guys, let's move into Abbas Actor. So we have Joaquin Phoenix as Joker, Leonardo DiCaprio as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory, Adam Driver in Marriage Story, and Jonathan Price in The Two Popes. I think this is Joaquin Phoenix's award. Um, he is phenomenal as Joker. The only way he could lose this is if people bring their biases toward this film, which has been kind of Hollywood left is kind of aimed at it. Good truth. I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio has a chance. Although I liked him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I don't think it was particularly his best movie. Um, and Tony Banderas, once again, we all saw Pain and Glory, and I think that's probably one of his best roles. Yeah, I know what your favorite scene is. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam Driver, once again, complimenting the ScarJo comment I just made a couple seconds ago or a minute ago, is excellent in Marriage Story. And it's just crazy that this guy, he's been nominated two years in a row now. Black Klansman last year, Marriage Story this year. And uh, Jonathan Price was another surprise with the two popes. is really, really good. Him and uh, I love the banter and kind of chemistry he and uh, Anthony Hopkins have. Yeah. I think that's what makes that, what that literally makes that movie is those scenes. And um, I think it's going to be Joker. But once again, this is me all over again with the goddamn wrestler. And he didn't win. So, I mean... Not him, but it was Mickey Rourke. But Mickey Rourke. Yeah. <laughs> and then someone fucking sweeps in, and I don't know, we're like, oh, John the Price won. What the fuck? Right? So, the Oscars, man, they're, they're, they get crazy. Yeah. You can have prop bets <laughs> on this shit. I mean, I can, yeah, I can see Walking Phoenix winning this one, the Joker. And he completely transformed himself. Again, like just reading up on all the things he did in order to become the character, I mean, it, they were just incredible things, incredible feats that he accomplished. In order to create um, Arthur Fleck, a.k.a. Yeah. Joker. Uh, Leo, yeah. I mean, he's done better. Antonio Banderas, fuck, I loved him in Pain and Glory. I did too, but I it's, don't think enough people saw that movie. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, plus it's technically like a foreign film. You know, it's, it is, you got to read is, subtitles. People are like, I ain't reading. <laughs> I'm like, not saying El Mariachi. What the fuck is this, dude? Um, Ab Driver was amazing. I even, I didn't get to mention this, but ScarJo was great too in Marriage Story. They, they did great an amazing job in that one um but yeah i can definitely see joaquin winning this one i mean it, it is a very difficult category but I, I do i think joaquin phoenix is gonna win yeah i do but i really like jonathan price a lot for this one and i also like adam driver a lot as well i think he this is probably one of his bigger standout performances he's done a lot of great roles um outside this is star wars but <laughs> this one for sure i think really shows his his full range and uh antonio banderas was great but like you guys said i just don't think that uh enough eyes have seen it for them to vote his way so i like probably that probably gonna land on i can't it. believe he's never been nominated for anything before 
Oh, I did not know that. Really, first time. But then I looked at his list of movies and I and I understood why. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Like, well, shit, guys. He's always done those. Checks kind of, out, guys. Yeah, checks he out. kind of checks out. Right. I was like, oh, yeah. he kind of was an action star and suave kind of. I was like, oh, okay. That's that makes sense. That's why Pierce Brosnan also never been nominated. So, that's true. No more foreplay. Sorry, it's from GoldenEye. Anyway, and the next category is best director. Nominees for this one are Bong Joon Ho for Parasite, Sam Mendes for 1917, Todd Phillips for Joker, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Bong Joon Ho deserves it, hands down. I'm just saying, Parasite was a phenomenal film. And one that will definitely speak to a variety of audiences. I mean, he had a famous quote that said, you know, if, if people can just read past that, you know, one or two inch barrier of reading text, it would vastly increase. I'm botching the fucking quote, but it would vastly increase their their uh, variety of movies that they get to experience. You're talking watch. about what? It's Golden Globe speech where you talked about. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. If you guys can read an inch of dialogue, it would expand your yeah, exactly. outlook on videos. Yeah. Movies. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a powerful statement and he's, he's not wrong. Um, but I mean, it's the Oscars. So, you know, <laughs> he could get snubbed. Um, I can also, I can totally be? see this go between Todd Phillips and Sam Mendes also. I mean, I agree and, too. Yeah. It can go either way. Uh, I don't think Todd Phillips because he kind of burned his bridges with a lot of people. Uh, it's going to be Bong Joon Ho or Sam Mendes, I think. And then watch out of nowhere, it's Martin Scorsese. Like fuck, Tarantino wins. Yeah, he's like, what's up, guys? I warrant bitches. Get it again. Yeah, uh, this one's really tough. I want to say Bong Joon Ho is going to win, but usually, I mean, not always. I guess it doesn't always coincide with the best director in picture anymore. Because last year, as you guys know, Green Book won, and that didn't go the way we thought it was going to go. I don't think it went for the way anybody thought it was. Because once again, they weren't ready for Roma, apparently. So, you know. Just because it was a Netflix film. So. That could still happen to this. To, in and so is Irish <laughs> yeah. 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 So what do you what do you think? Bong Joon-ho? Yeah, I'm thinking Bong Joon-ho as well for Parasite. Oh. I really. Yeah. I mean, that. Sam Mendes as well for 1917. But if, I, if I'm not mistaken, you know, he, his his whole directorial style, he, he got for... Um, uh, Skyfall, I believe, as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, I don't know if it's... Uh... Wait, you think he was nominated for Skyfall? Well, I believe he was, was he not? No. Well, never mind then. I don't think so. I'll look it up for you. Yeah. Are you saying that 1917 is too gimmicky in a bill? Is that what you're saying? No. Wow, so you're I going with it too now, huh? <laughs> I just kid. <laughs> you Maybe son a of a bee. He's like, it's a little video He's game. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, like uh, Alfonso Cuaron got one for Gravity as well, so it's like... You know that yeah, same style. That's a, the Bills like I've pl- I've played Battlefield though. One. <laughs> you know, I mean? think Parasite is a very, Battlefield One. I think Parasite is a very original film. Sam Mendes has uh, not been uh, nominated for an Academy Award since 2000's American Beauty. So, oh, it's been a minute. And he did win that, by the way, for Best Director. Yes. So, shit. But I'm leaning on Parasite for this one. Cool. I hope everybody's okay with that too. So, <laughs> and. uh Finally, best picture. We've got Ford v Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. And I'm going with Parasite for it, hands down for it. Now, will that still be the case? Foreign film? I don't know about the Oscars, but 
that is that's the one I feel deserves to win out of the rest. Uh, you guys? I can see nineteen seventeen getting this one. It's a, it's a, again it's a powerful story. Um, you know it's it's well over the hundred anniversary hundred year anniversary of uh, the start of or around the time of World War One. So and it's a it's it's an era that's not really covered that much. Plus, I mean, it, like I said, it accomplishes such a great feat with the way it was filmed and with the story itself. The fact that it has to it's it's technically like a war movie that's like almost anti-war if you follow the plot. Like they're trying to prevent carnage from happening yeah. you know so i mean i think that's a very powerful message um but i can also see the irishman getting it as well too scorsese i mean that movie was filmed fantastically it's it's a great story um it's it's got an all-star cast yeah uh or you know what maybe joker will surprise us and win movie of the year it could it could don't it, get me wrong joker yeah. could sweep it in and be like we won everything yeah and that could burn us all and then someone's gonna lose uh, I think 1917 is going to win overall. I just don't quite think we're ready for a Parasite. I'm just going off of last year's results, too. Because um, I thought Roma's going to win last year. I looked at my results yeah. last year, and I was shocked, but I forgot a lot about the movies. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, I, f- I fucking loved Parasite, and I do agree to Bill that it, I think it should win. And Green Book was that movie that everybody was like, oh, it's very by the books and by the numbers. And as much as my brother loved that movie, I I... You know, it's feel good. It had its issues too, and I, I always talked about why I didn't think it was gonna win, and then it fucking won. So I don't know. Joker would be tight if it won. I love Joker, but I'm leaning toward 1917 only because it's won the most awards. So I'm just cheating again. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna finalize my list on Saturday. Obviously, I always do a little bit more looking into it. So yeah, I just have a crystal ball at home, and I just or magic eight ball, and I shake it till it gives me the answers. So, guys, that's basically it. That's Oscars 2020. Pretty anticlimactic near the end. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> so, basically, that's what we've gone over. That's kind of our ideas on it all. If you guys haven't seen a lot of the movies, a lot of, I'd say 90% of them are going to be available. You can easily rent them. Yeah. Or if you have an access to, uh, like, theaters, or a lot of them are doing best picture film kind of festival things going on where you can see them all for a discounted rate and such like that. I know Regal has it where all the best picture winners are actually being played this week too. So you can, right. you can actually catch them, which is pretty cool. So if you missed them from a couple months back, you can see them. Uh, if you have Netflix, for instance, Irishman is on Netflix, marriage stories on Netflix. So those are very accessible Two popes, two popes as well. Yeah. I'm just going on best picture list. Yeah. itself. But even uh, a lot of the animated films, Hulu and Netflix have like a majority of them. That's how we saw a lot of those. How to Train Your Dragon, Klaus is not. How to Train Your Dragon, Missing Link's Hulu, Lost My Body, and Klaus are on. Um, yeah, it's just Toy thing. Story 4. I think Toy Story 4 just was added to Disney Plus this month, too. So check a look at, take a look at that. Don't quote me on it, but I think it's being, if not, it's being added this month. So other than that, though, guys, that is our Oscar picks, and that is the end of the podcast. I know this one's a little bit longer, but we knew it's going to run a little bit longer because of the content of it all. But once again, guys, thank you for listening. Thanks for all the feedback, response, and reviews. Uh, Marco, let them know how they can reach us. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MoviePalsPod. We definitely appreciate all the feedback and all the suggestions, just as James was saying. Also, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, or Spotify, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. 
Also, leave us a review on any of those, guys. That goes a long way. Yeah. Give me a star review. If you don't want to type shit, we get it. Yeah. Just put a star review. It takes two seconds of your life. And also, if this is your first time listening to us, we have never, we have yet to say this, but welcome and thank you for listening to us and giving us a shot. We will try to be more thankful of those of you actually, you know, starting to listen to us this new year. That's Marco. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, guys, tune in next time. It's not going to be a list of Oscar films. We might talk, we'll might we probably talk about the results, obviously, but uh, we're going to do uh, Nabil's most anticipated film of the year, Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> and a mini review of the whatever the Oscar losers have to watch. So, we'll either that or we'll do the next episode, depending on time. James got his list ready for everybody. Don't worry. No, I don't think I'm going to win this year. I, I, I swear but to God. He says I this every time. Or no, 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 no. Last two years, I was very cocky. I was like, I've already got the list already ready. This year, I'm like, I think someone's going to finally beat me this year. Truthfully, if we had included our significant others last year and Mikey, we would have all lost. That's right. Because I came in yeah. fourth, remember? Yeah. Like, out of the people in the room, so... You were the top of the pals. Yeah, I was, the pals did not succeed. Well, dead, dead last, James. Marco dead last. last year really thought Star Wars Born Bradley Cooper is going to take that one. <laughs> I know. I remember seeing that on his list. I was like, okay, well, Marco's trying out mushrooms before. so <laughs> That's cool. He's experimenting this week. <laughs> Got to go bold. Yeah. So anyways, guys, tune in next time. You're going to hear the results of the Oscars. Uh, watch the Oscars on Sunday. And uh, check out maybe some of those films that we brought up, too, in our coming soon segment there okay so until then this is james and marco and nabil have a good one